Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Raging Demon, Katie Quigg, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, The Backlog, Lunchbox, aka The Disgruntled Gamer, Discimera, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Parallax Puddles, Soha, Dave Jackson, Matt, aka Stormageddon, Retro Overdrive, Van Fernal, Keith Gasper, Eric Guess, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, Ash Event, Alan Bingham, Storm Beagle, Ryan Player One, Mike the Ref from Backbreaker Gaming, B Ross from Super Garbage Day, Darth Emic, Low Five Alex, and Alt. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to the Golden Eggplant Awards Flight. It is still a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that I consider it of your chronometer, but of the year edition. Mm. That's right. We're selling it again for full price, but this time all the DLC is included. And we have no DLC. So you get all of it because there was none. Right. Congratulations. But uh, I am here with Shane. The Dick Dragon Koski is me, Chris Goplin, and we are going to give you our games of the year for 2023. That's right. You are getting this episode in the year 2024 because we have to wait until 2023 is over before we give you the games of the year. What kind of award show gives out their awards before a year ends? That's just. Bullshit. I mean, we're not going to wait until fucking February like the Oscars do it. That's also bullshit. We want to be timely and we want to let you know what it is fresh and fit and current. These are our games of 2023, the entire year, not just 11 months of it. Right, Shane? I think I'm, I'm not too off base here. No, that's yeah, no, that's that's totally accurate. Yeah. You know, you, you never know what might sneak in. In, in the last, in the, in the waning days of the year. That that definitely happened to me with one of these, with one of these picks, interestingly did, It did for but, me too, actually. So I think uh, we should, we should get to this. I believe we should. And I, I believe it is your, uh, it is your turn, your, your honor to, to start off mm. this list. Number five. So who should the first golden eggplant go to? I'm going to shuffle this around. I'm going to find a piece of paper and make it sound official like an opening up an envelope here. Open it up. And the first golden eggplant for 2023. By the way, these games doesn't mean these games came out in 2023. It's just the games that that we played. Uh, for me, it's the first time and I had to beat it. That's my criteria. First time I played and beat Dark Souls. Yay. For the PlayStation 3. I originally had this game higher, 
Uh, I, I genuinely liked Dark Souls, but when I really sat down and tried to make this list, there's just other games I was like, I, I kind of enjoyed more. But Dark Souls is definitely a game that, that took me on a journey uh, that I had a lot of support in and learned that this game is all about community and talking about the game and making good on what this game has to offer. Dark Souls is a deeply complicated and deep, deep, deep game, even though it doesn't necessarily present itself that way. It's it's a beautiful disaster, uh, but a disaster in the best way possible. And it is definitely a game. I finally understand the hype. I definitely understand the love. And while I might not be head over heels in love with the game, I am a fan. And I hope I have an opportunity to play more in the future. So my number five for 2023 is Dark Souls. I wholeheartedly approve this pick. Hooray. All right. Well, I'm going to kick off my list with a game that honestly I wish was higher, uh, but I don't think currently in good conscience I could put it higher, which is kind of sad. But I think the fact that it makes my list anyway is is notable in and of itself. But uh, that that's going to be Diablo 4. I would have wanted this to be like, you know, my number one where I'm just like, ah, this is a new Diablo game. It's fucking best thing to happen. Uh, but as I'm sure a lot of you know, it's it's had its share of problems along the way. And in the sake of fairness, I think the dev team is doing a really good job of working out a lot of those kinks and eventually getting this game to... I think the state that it probably should have been when it released, but in typical Blizzard fashion, I don't think the game is truly going to be at its peak until a full expansion gets released and they're able to address a lot of the concerns that are out there. But in the state that it's in right now, and at the time of this recording, we're currently in the midst of season two of the game, uh, it's, it is still fun to play. There's a lot of fun to be had, especially if you're an ARPG fan. I find myself going back and sinking a decent amount of time into it. It does still have that Blizzard polish as far as like how it controls and how it plays. Like that's all still very fluid. It feels good to play it. Um, but there's a lot of mechanical things that are still problematic. And one of the biggest things, honestly, is just... An ARPG at the end of the day is really mostly about the loot and the Diablo four dev team decided to vastly overcomplicate the loot system with a bunch of really unnecessary affixes and things like that, that make choosing new gear upgrades, honestly, kind of a pain in the ass, um, which is completely antithetical to the gameplay loop of an ARPG. So that is something they're addressing in, I think, season three or four, but it is definitely a glaring error, I think, in my opinion. But having said all of that, it is still going to secure my number five spot because at the end of the day, I'm a sucker for a Diablo game and it's it's fun enough in its current state, but I'm I'm holding out some hope for the roadmap that the developers have laid out in, in recent weeks and months. So, so there you go. That's my number five. Diablo four gets an award from somebody in 2023. Good for Diablo four. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't burn all of their goodwill. It's almost a pity award. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Hey, and it was released in 2023. Hey, there you go. There you go. 
Number four. My number four was a game that when I was looking over the games I, I played and completed in 2023 that I had not in previous years it was a game that just really stuck out to me and reminded me of how much fun I had with it. And like number four and five on my list were really, really hard to pick because there was a couple games right behind it that that could have made it like Soul Blazer. I'm not talking about Soul Blazer tonight, but that was a game that I seriously, seriously considered putting on my list. But this game was just one that it, it brought out the joy of of just an action game, an old school action game that was tough as nails and just proved that practice makes perfect and just sitting down and dedicating yourself to what these old kind of games have to offer and what that payout can be much in the, in the similar vein to dark souls, but about, you know, 40 hours shorter. And that is rocket Knight adventures for the Sega Genesis. I just, it's just pure action perfection in my mind. And how good the graphics were for the time has how pure of an action game. It was the callbacks to games like Gradius that were in there and the, in the shmup sections and just how creative it could be in, in certain situations and how you could get through things or uh, how you needed to just master the, the, the game's systems and controls, especially with the charge attack, creative bosses, just all around an extremely fun game that any Sega Genesis collector needs to get into needs to look into and it's from konami when konami was not bad konami i mean they weren't good konami they just weren't terrible konami so they were putting out another banger here uh like they did like ritually and religiously so yeah rocket knight adventures there you go that's my number four for 2023 all right well my number four is uh is that 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 11th hour last minute entry that I alluded to earlier. And that is going to be by Oda, uh, which I have been playing on steam. Thanks to, uh, our wonderful patron Randall who gifted it to me. And it's, it's a really nice little package deal. And I've seen, and for the record, it's, it's a 2d action platformer, um, it's, it's sort of Metroidvania esque in that, like, you know, you do the typical go through an area, find that there are some sections you can't quite get to yet. And then you progress further, you find an item or something that will allow you to then backtrack and get to new places that, that whole, you know, sort of deal. Um, but I think the whole, the whole presentation of it, I think is what really sells it. It's a, it's a solid 2d platformer so it, it achieves what it's trying to do there it controls very well um and i know that some people reviewers especially have kind of said this was a bit of a detractor in that it's not a very deep or or long game necessarily but i don't mind that i actually think having a nice little compact gaming package um can often be better because you can kind of get the whole experience in a reasonable amount of time. And I, I do think that this game achieves that. And uh, a lot of what sells it for me as well is just some, honestly, at the end of the day, they're kind of superfluous, but like the nice little extra flourishes this game adds. Like, so 
it's very sort of Game Boy era esque inspired in its graphics in that it's solely a four color palette. Um, but it's not just one palette. There's actually a metric butt ton of different four color palette combinations in this game that you can hot swap through in the menu and you start the game with a pretty wide selection and you actually unlock more of them uh, as you play further and further into the game, which again, like I said, is that necessary? No, but it does add a, a, a decent amount of flavor to the experience um, and also sort of a level of personalization because you can find a color palette that you happen to really kind of jive with. And so just overall, it's it's a really well done competent 2d metroidvania sort of retro inspired experience um for a pretty reasonable price as well even if it isn't on sale so um i was really pleasantly surprised by this one and that's why it made its way onto my list at number four um so late in the game uh for those reasons outstanding now i need to check out biota i have seen you play it on stream very recently as the time of this recording. So yeah, that is a very late edition. Never know. That's why you got to wait for all of 2023 in order to do these things. That's right. Number three. My next one, I, I forgot to continue this, continue this bit. So I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to pull out my envelope here. And I'm going to pull out the next Golden Eggplant Award from Chris Goplin of the Retro Hangover podcast. Again, let's see here. Who do we have? All right. It is East 7 for the PSP. Uh, full disclosure here, I finished this game in 2022, but it was after we recorded our best games of 2022. So I think this one counts. I'm going to I'm going to count it. Uh, so why why E7? Why is this game here? It's a PSP game. It's probably difficult to control. It has some flaws, and I'm I'm willing to admit that it does because a lot of these dungeons you have to a lot of the dungeons of the game that you could go through you have to revisit, and you have to kind of play through twice, and uh, just the way the game flows, and a lot of people don't like that, and myself included. But the more I look back at that game, and the the like this game is something I completed a year ago, and how fondly I remember it. And the experience and the way the story was told. And of course, none of the East games have stories that are, are profoundly deep or anything like that. They are they're very anime in, in their quality. And not to say anime has bad quality. It's just like casual anime plot quality. Uh, but like the ending just hit me like a ton of bricks. Probably my favorite ending in, in the entirety of the East series that have been released up till now. Uh, waiting for East 10 so I can play that and hopefully do an entire East retrospective review on the entire series. But uh, it just East 7 was one that just stuck with me. If we got to talk about our best soundtracks of the year this year, this would probably be my number one. The music is just incredible. Uh, the, the entire party system just works here better than it did in Salsetta. Uh, and not quite as good as some some other East games, uh, but uh, uh, who knows? I might talk about that later. But it 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 just feels right. Just there's so much about this game that I love and I appreciate that I don't think 
really struck me as first it really struck me at first but the the more and more i get away from it the it just it just really pulled me back and was like remember how you felt when you played this game when you finished it i'm like yeah it was better than almost everything else this year and that's why it gets my number 3 congratulations e7 nihon falcom you are welcome for getting my number three game of the year in the golden eggplants. All right. Well, moving right up to my number three pick of 2023. Uh, I did some last minute shuffling of my list, as a matter of fact. So these are in a slightly different order. But uh, I am going to go with Halls of Torment. So if you don't know what that is, uh, it is another game on Steam. Uh, I'm not sure if it's actually anywhere else now. Last I knew it was still in early access. I think it might have officially released at this point. But uh, it is in a similar vein to Vampire Survivors. Uh, I, I suppose this is now being sort of referred to as a Horde Survival Roguelite, um, which is kind of a mouthful. But one of the one of the things that I really like about this game and what made it stand out to me is that it was or is attempting and succeeding at trying to emulate the visual style of something like the original Diablo. It's a isometric, like 2D kind of presentation. And the style, the aesthetic style is is very much like og diablo and so that was the original thing that kind of hooked me in this because i was like okay there's like a thousand vampire survivor clones out there now you know what's going to make this any different that was the first thing sort of just visually i was like okay like i feel like i know what these guys are on about and then you know i, I started playing it and beyond just the the presentation um, I think there's a lot of interesting mechanics that they've got included in here that take it beyond just, you know, your run-of-the-mill survivor clone. Obviously, they still stick with the sort of quick run feature where it's like every run is 30 minutes max, um, assuming you survive that long. Um, there is actually some quest-based sort of meta progression in the game that a lot of these other style games don't have. There's a pretty wide selection of characters that all play fairly differently. Um, so finding your sort of like play style is a very important part of this as well. But one of the really cool features is the inclusion of items that are equipable and you can save loadouts of equipment items to hot swap depending on which character you're going to do a run with um, based on the bonuses that those equipment items give. Uh, but the really interesting thing about that is how you acquire those items, which is by finding them during one of your 30-minute runs and successfully being able to bring it back to a well that will then bring it back up to an NPC that is basically like the well keeper. And if you successfully retrieve that item, once your run is over in sort of the hub area, you go and talk to him and you can spend some gold to unlock that equipment item that you can then use in your loadouts for your characters. 
um, which is a neat addition. It adds another sort of layer of complexity to things, having like equipable items like that. Um, so all in all, it's a really solid, you know, survival like, and, um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing what the devs do in sort of future iterations of it, or if we're going to have like expansions or, or things like that. But even the base game on its own, um, is a really good time. Number two. My number two pick is my last minute edition. Mm. And that is Final Fantasy Renaissance. Aha. Uh-huh. Which is the original Final Fantasy, except you get additional classes. So uh, not only additional classes, but it comes with all sorts of other quality of life improvements, being able to buy uh, multiple potions at once in town, being able to see equipment stats before you buy them or when you pick them up in the wild and can compare them without having to go back to your status screen, being able to dash on the world map, all these things. And that's included in the classic mode, which is in Final Fantasy Renaissance, which you can select. But the real gem of this, of course, is the Renaissance mode. And that is where you can select up to, I think, six or eight new classes that were created by the person who made Final Fantasy Renaissance, which is Team Renaissance. On Discord, they go by Osmo. I think their name is is Brandon. I, I don't have their last name. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, Team Renaissance, uh, they... Uh, they made this game and the the new classes don't feel too incredibly unbalanced. Yes, they can be at times. Balance issues can be a thing in the original Final Fantasy for the Nintendo Entertainment System, but that didn't bother the enemies when they were just absolutely destroying me in the past. So I don't feel bad about that. And when I say the NES version, I mean the, the NES version. I mean the graphics, the music, everything. So if you loved this game growing up and seeing the additions that were lovingly crafted and lovingly implemented into this world, you're you're going to appreciate all of the effort that that went into this like I did. Final Fantasy is a very important game to me, not just the series, no, just the game as a singular entity is really the game that got me into RPGs as a whole. So to see a creation built from the ground up in unity this is not a rom hack i need to stress that this is entirely new creation uh not until well it's not entirely new creation of course it's it's taking an old creation and building it from the ground up and and fixing all the code that was wrong in the original game as well or or just not properly coded and and breathing new life into it i'm on my third playthrough currently uh, I've had to stop that third playthrough because I've had other obligations I like uh, desperately need to get to. Uh, but this game has been pulling my attention in, in so many directions and just keeps calling me back because I want to see what these new classes can do and, and how I can manipulate them and how I can exploit them in in the game's systems and in, in later levels and just how much of a destructive force I can be. So even with all the limitations that the original Final Fantasy imposes upon the player, this this game still allows you to feel powerful and in control, which is something that the original Final Fantasy didn't necessarily 
do, but it also comes from a knowledge of the systems in, instead of just being an easy breeze through the park. So Final Fantasy Renaissance is definitely my number two. I think if it was its own game and its own identity outside of this, this could have easily been my number one. But I, I can't in, in good faith put a game that is essentially a game I have played and, and beat in the past as, as my number one game with all the additions and such. But it is a fantastic experience, and I absolutely loved and adored it. And I think any fan of the Final Fantasy franchise, particularly fans of 16 and 8-bit RPGs, should definitely go out of their way and give this game a look. It is well worth it, and you will appreciate it. All right. Well, we are close to the end and uh i <laughs> speaking of last minute shuffles and things like that i'm 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 doing like on the fly rejiggering of my list Ooh. like as we speak here Ooh. yeah i know um so <laughs> so my number 2 uh is actually going to be necromerger for mobile devices, this actually was already on my list anyway, but I was moving around the order. Because mm. um, I had to really stop and think, you know, I mean, a lot, of, I think still to this day, a lot of people sort of discount mobile games as just like, you know, whatever, like casual trash or what have you. Um, when I think the the mobile gaming space has matured quite a bit in the last, you know, X number of years to where I'm not sure that that's necessarily accurate. I mean, there's still definitely a lot of garbage out there, but there are some genuinely good experiences and I think Necro Merger is one of those. And I kind of feel like I would be disingenuous if I didn't put a game that I've been playing for several years daily, uh, on my list. And what really makes it onto my list for 2023, whereas it might not have been in previous years was my realization that I'm, I'm into this game enough that when I changed phones and I swapped from an iPhone back to an Android for the first time in 10 plus years, I restarted from scratch in Necromerger because unfortunately they, the developer does not support cross-platform saving. Um, so I basically came to a decision point of, do I want to continue playing this game? And essentially start completely over again and waste all of the time that I put into it before? Uh, or do I stop? Is this the point where I say, you know what? I feel like I've done what I need to do. I'm good. And ultimately I decided to start over and play again. And it's still fun. Um, especially in a space where a lot of these merge games are kind of shitty cash grabs. Um, this is one of the only ones. I, I actually cannot give you another one that I can think of off the top of my head that I would put at the same level as this in, in that specific sort of like sub-genre of, of mobile games that reaches this level of, of quality and, and consistency. Um, so I, I highly recommend it, even if you don't put any money into it at all, it is still absolutely playable, it is fun. It is an enjoyable experience. Um, 
And it's got a lot of charm. I will say that Grumpy Rhino Games, that's the developer that makes this game along with a handful of other ones, that's sort of their calling card is, A, they have fantastic 2D sprite work in all of their games, this one included. Um, incredibly smooth animations on everything. Really banging soundtracks. And they have a lot of personality. The the character dialogues that you have, the little quips that pop up, the writing in general is really witty. And I, for one, really appreciate that. And so, um, so that's why it's going to make it onto my list here at, at number two, uh, because it is... It is a consistent quality experience that was good enough that I was willing to completely start over again just to keep playing it. Yeah, any game that you restart and start playing a game is definitely one that is, you know, that's that's a hot, hot contender right there. Yeah. Surprise, that's at number two. So I can't wait to hear what your number one is. Is it is it Honky Rail? Is it Genshin Impact? Or is it something else? Who knows? <laughs> we will find out. Number one. In the meantime, I'm going to reveal what my number one overall game of the year, getting the golden eggplant from me, Chris Copeland. I got to get my paper out here. Uh, uh, quick, someone play an ad or like a Speed Real Game Awards show and just, you know, fluff this up with an hour and a half of gaming advertisements yeah. or something. Uh, a world exclusive trailer reveal. Yeah, of some game no one cares about. But I'm okay. <laughs> now that we're ready, um, I have it here. This one's not going to be a shocker. I don't even know why I have the paper here. I only did it for three of the five games. But it's East 8 Lacrimosa of Donna for the PlayStation 4. You can also get this on the Nintendo Switch. I was dubious when I heard that East 8 was going to be the the best experience in the franchise especially after the mess that i found Celsetta to be well not mess just boring boredom that that game was and the, this game i heard had a lot of the same structure and gameplay elements much like e7 did but e7 was more of the prototype so i just thought they were going to keep building on what they did with Celsetta because for some reason they would have felt that Celsetta was a success over at nihon falcom and a lot of people do like Salsetta. I am not one of them. So going into this game, I was nervous. I thought that the high point of East was going to be East Origin or East uh, Dawn of East for the TurboGrafx CD. Little did I know that I absolutely fell in love with this game once I started playing it. This game has so many elements to it that are are addictive, and I'm a sucker for sucker for addictive gameplay whether it be the, the constant grind where you level up and you're always finding new items that can help craft your gear or go towards other things that will help improve your character or finding new pathways to find new castaways that will go back to your town and help your town grow and improve and develop. Not to mention a story that is relatively decent and has, you know, provides a lot of uh, depth to... Well, I don't say a lot of depth, but provides enough depth to it to to keep you guessing about where the game's going to head next. Uh, nothing is too predictable, as I found with E7, where you can see twists coming almost a mile and a half away. 
uh, here in East Eight, nothing nothing is crystal clear. Character designs are great. The graphics are are decent enough. It is you know technically a Vita game on your PS4, so don't expect to be blown away too too much. Soundtrack is just utterly incredible in total East fashion, and the, the gameplay is what you would expect from a very casual action RPG, which is just you know hitting attack over and over and over and over again while learning to manage your your special move set and the abilities that your games give you while also managing your party members and knowing how to swap them in and out situationally. This is definitely the most consistent fun I've had with a game over the entirety of the year of 2023. And it's the one that definitely stuck out to me and set the bar high early. And I wanted to go, I wanted to go through the entire year and find something that would eclipse the the quality and feeling that East 8 give gave me because I wanted 2023 to be that year. Granted, I didn't play a lot of the games or really any games that came out in 2023, which was you know considered to be one of the best games in gaming history. So maybe I missed out on a lot, but East 8 set that bar extraordinarily high and no, nothing did meet it. And it's just one of those games that's a complete package start to finish. And it is my overall game of the year getting the biggest and girthiest golden eggplant from myself. So I guess this is now up to you, Shane. What gets the ultimate golden eggplant dick dragon award? Well, one might assume if you happen to listen to some other podcasts that are in our little community that uh, I might say a certain certain game uh but i won't it, it, it it's going to get an honorable mention though so i'm going to throw it out there but uh dismantle gets gets the honorable mention from me because it is a really great sort of like casual zombie apocalypse experience um if you can believe that combination of words uh but it, it is a pretty satisfying gameplay loop and i'm hoping to get some more time in on it and i think actually that's part of the reason why sort of upon further rumination it's not going to ultimately take my number one because i really would like to spend more time with it than i have um so having said that i i do really like that you just sort of casually name dropped what my number one was going to be and then moved on but it <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's definitely <laughs> going to be honkai star rail Woo! yeah the the good old the hon the honky train um as it is colloquially <laughs> known as but uh yeah man i mean listen there's i'm not i i'm not gonna stand here and defend uh free-to-play gameplay models because they're not generally the best and gotcha style mechanics are not exactly great in most cases. Uh, however, outside of that, even if you were not to engage in the character gotcha of Honkai Star Rail at all, what you are ultimately getting for zero dollars is what is equivocably a triple A party-based rpg experience for for free and mihoyo has 
basically kind of made their their mark on the gaming landscape by doing this. And they really, they had like Honkai Impact 3rd and some other games before that, but what really broke them out into the mainstream and really set the bar was Genshin Impact. Like, I think that game's come a little bit of a meme these days, but it, it can't be understated what that did. Like, that was essentially free-to-play Breath of the Wild, which was was and is an accomplishment. And this game, I feel like they learned a lot from that and then implemented a lot of really smart gameplay decisions into this game where it's, first of all, it's not a huge open world game like Genshin. It's it's a more focused experience, which I appreciate because I'm very tired of big open worlds with a lot of random markers to find. Um, and so having this be more focused and be a, a more traditional party-based JRPG in a lot of ways, um, I really like. And it actually fits the hybrid mobile and console-slash-PC space that this game occupies really well because it's something that you can pick up and feel like you've accomplished something in a relatively short amount of time if you're going to you know, log in on your phone and, and play for a few minutes or if you're going to sit down for a longer session on you know, your PlayStation or your PC or what have you. Um, but uh, there there was a lot of refinements to their gameplay approaches that are implemented in this game that I really like. Another being the, the daily missions. I'm generally not a huge fan of daily quests because there's that compulsion to always need to play. But the daily quests in this game are actually very, very quick to get done. And actually with the most recent release, they even made that even more streamlined so that you can get all of the daily rewards that help level up your characters uh, even faster than you could before, which comparatively is lightning fast compared to what it took in Genshin. That's actually the reason I stopped playing Genshin Impact was because all I was doing was logging in and finishing dailies every day because they took me 45 minutes to an hour to just do daily quests. And I never even got to complete the rest of the main game story because my gameplay time was always tied up in these repetitive daily tasks. So that was a really smart decision. But at the end of the day, like I said, uh, even if you're not throwing any money at this game, like it is the production quality is just through the roof. The writing is actually fantastic. Um, I don't know who they hired on since Genshin Impact, but there is like a level of really dry, witty humor that sort of permeates a lot of the dialogue in this game that is done very, very well. Uh, and the gameplay and sort of the mechanics of how the different characters synergize with each other in this sort of turn-based format is really, really satisfying. And so it's why I keep coming back to it day after day to put time into it because it's just a genuinely fun and well put together experience. So Honky Train gets my number one for 2023. All right. Honkies Unite. We we got the golden eggplant. We did it. Actually, honk honk honkies unite might might turn out <laughs> maybe poorly. Maybe not that. <laughs> that <laughs> There's historical precedence yeah. for that. <laughs> On second thought, uh honkies disperse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 
that's not good either. How about <laughs> let's just say yay, yay for honkies. <laughs> you are also honky star rail uh, appreciated. There you go. Congratulations on getting your golden eggplant. I don't even know where to go from there. What? All right. <laughs> I don't either. That that ended disaster. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's apropos for us, you know. And end the that's, year that's, on a train wreck. Yeah. And uh we, we can't even get in an Orthodox rabbi Bill Clinton thing in there. Well, we kinda did when you think about it. Mm, uh yeah. but yeah. Uh well there you yeah, go. Thank you for joining us for our game of game of the year awards. What's your game of the year? Let us know in our Discord, which you can join. And good old Shane here, he'll let you know how you can find our Discord out there in the internets. I will indeed. So all you've got to do is punch in a relatively short string of characters to get where you need to be. And and that is the good old link tree. So head on over to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover and you will be presented with a a menu of buttons that will take you to places like our patreon or our merch store or perhaps our youtube channel or our social media accounts or even our twitch.tv channel where we do things at certain times of the week when when can people find us over on twitch tv chris uh, you can find us over at twitch.tv slash retrohanger at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Sundays. And if you're lucky, you'll see me take my shirt off. Mm. Well, really lucky because I have never done that. <laughs> so if you head over to twitch.tv slash retrohangover, you may never see me take my shirt off mm. it, it, while I play video games. The chances are low, video but never zero. It's never zero. It's never zero. It's close, but it's never zero. I, I want to get in this meta though, so who who knows, right? <laughs> you, know, you, you know the meta is there, but um, yeah, Twitch.tv/slash Retro Hangover, nine p.m. Eastern times on Sundays, and we play until eleven. So hope to see you there, Shane. All right. Well, with all of that being said, for the year of twenty twenty three, until next year, play with your here's a world premiere joystick. <laughs>